Welcome to the Water and Stone podcast. You are listening to episode number 150, our Sunday worship service for January 26, 2020 is Be Inspiration. It is the fourth in the series, Legendary Life, inspired by the Beatitudes. Let your feelings inspire action, and inner resolution becomes outer revolution. So our scripture today, I'll stand out of the way of it, Matthew 5, 6, Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be satisfied. As I said a little while ago, I'm really excited about this one. Uh, I'm excited about all of them, but this is special to me because this represents a time in the Beatitudes when we have turned a corner. There's something else going on here. When we talked about the earlier ones, I think one way or another, by and large, you can kind of get your head around it. You can go, yeah, that makes sense. I get it. I feel that sometimes, but I, I intellectualize it. I get it. But you know as well as I do that when you really get something, you don't just have it between your ears, do you? When you really get something, something happens lower down in your heart. And it might be that with the earlier Beatitudes, there was something that you could wrap your head around. But we have turned a corner because here and now, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness. Boy, that's one you feel. Think about it with me. I don't know where you've been. I don't know what you've been through. But each and every person in this room, each and every person watching online, and me, myself, and I, I know what it is to be hungry. Don't you? Don't you know what it is to want that thing to happen, whatever it is, if I can just get over this thing, if I can just have this thing click for me, if I can just, if they would just see this, if I would just see this, something. Each and every person has not just had one moment of hungering and thirsting after righteousness, but when you think about it, we've all had lifetimes of little moments of, boy, I sure could use me a little righteousness right now. <laughs> a little bit. It smells like somebody's got righteousness cooking. Smells good. You know what it feels like. And the funny thing is that I think that that feeling of being hungry for something, that yearning that we have for something to work, for some kind of breakthrough, that yearning that everybody has had, not just once but multiple times, sometimes I feel like that feeling, that yearning, is a thing that people keep secret. We all have it. But I think a lot of times, and I know this because I talk to a lot of people and I pray with a lot of people and I work with a lot of people, so often that hunger is the thing that people keep closest to the chest. They don't want anybody to know that they've got a hungry heart. There's even a song about how everybody's got a hungry heart. It's so funny. But today what I want to talk with you about is the idea that if you confront that place where you are hungry and thirsty if you recognize what it is you're hungry and thirsty for, and if you honor that calling, you can absolutely transform your life. All you got to do is lean into it. I'm here to tell you that that hunger and thirst is proof that there is something great about to happen for you. And when I say about to happen, I mean here it comes level about to happen. All you got to do is lean into it. I hope that sounds okay to you. We got some business to take care of today. But before we do that, we need to do a little bit of review. If you think about where we have been, that first beatitude, 
for in spirit has to do with recognizing that you've got room to grow. You can't do any of this until you recognize, you know what, I've got some growing to do. I don't know everything and that's okay with me. I recognize that I've got some space to fill and that's beautiful. The next one about mourning has to do with forgiveness. It has to do with, you know what, it's okay that there are some places in my life that I've got to fix, that I've got some healing and some forgiving to do. It's okay that I've got that. And then the one that we talked about last week, being meek, being merciful, being kind, has to do with letting other people grow according to their terms instead of according to yours. Pretty good. Those are important things, right? But if you've been paying attention to that, you'll see along with me that there is a definite pattern and a definite direction to those Beatitudes. None of this happens by accident. And if you're paying attention, you realize that they start here on the inside and they radiate outwards into our lives. They start here on the inside and they radiate outwards into our lives. It turns out that every single thing that works in life follows that pattern so ask yourself because i bet you anything you came to church it means there's something you're working on something you're thinking about something you're chewing on ask yourself am i building from inside out like everything that works or am i trying to force something from outside in like everything that breaks the universe happens from inside out. One of the reasons that we love the name water and stone, there's a lot of different reasons, and depending on my mood, I'll give you a different version of the story. But one of the things that I love thinking about is that idea of just throwing a stone into a pond and the ripples that radiate outwards. And part of the rationale around here is just the little things that you do and the little ways that you think and the little ways that you are have an amazing ripple effect that you can only begin to know about, right? And we've seen some of that. We've built houses around here. We do stuff. But it turns out that ripple metaphor applies to everything. Am I building my life by throwing a little stone, by starting with one thing and letting it go out? Because I'm here to tell you, it is the only way that any of this works. From throwing a stone into a pond, to the way that your cells regenerate, to the way that love radiates out when you have just one true idea, to the big bang at the beginning of all of this radiating forwards through time. Everything starts with one and radiates outwards. Everything starts from the inside and builds outwards. So if you want your life to work, that is where we start. And so it's really cool that there's this pattern to the, uh, to the Beatitudes. It's, it's almost like Jesus had a point. But here we are at this moment, like I said, where we turn a corner. Where all of a sudden, this isn't just about me and the way I feel, and it isn't even just about the way I feel about other people. That was last time. Now we are in the place where it is time to do something. The idea of righteousness, among other things, is a call to action. I sure hope that by the time you leave today, my goal for you is that you feel called to go do something. That's what today is about. This is a call to action. Now I know that that can be a challenging thing. Like I said, I pray with a lot of people. I talk with a lot of people. It is my honor to get to do that, you know? And one of the things that I see a lot of people chewing on 
is the feeling of waiting for something to happen. So often, the thing that people have on their hearts is, you know, at some point, my cosmic ship will come in. You know, the lottery ticket will kick in. Someone will give me permission to follow my heart. I'll have the right amount of money in the bank account. Uh, So-and-so will finally love me and tell me that I'm okay. Some version of waiting for a thing. It'll kick in. The divorce papers will go through. The thing will happen. I get it. But I have to tell you, in my experience... If you're waiting for something outside of yourself to give you permission to live the life you've been wanting to live, that thing will never come. I've never seen it work. Boys and girls, I have never seen it work. If you spend your life waiting for something outside of yourself to give you permission to be who you already are, think about the short circuit that I just described. It will never work. The only time that it's ever worked is when you got sick of waiting and you stood up and you applied for the job or you asked for the phone number or you said, sign the thing or you signed it or whatever. You know what I mean. You've got stories too. The only way it ever works, waiting for your permission, for your glory, for your validation, will never come to fruition until you get up and do a thing. Good to know. But I don't want the pendulum to swing the other way completely because the other thing that I see a lot of, I see a lot of people waiting for something that never happens, but I also see a lot of people trying to force something to happen. I'm going to make you love me. Which sounds great if you're, you know, meatloaf or something, but it doesn't work in real life. You know, you've tried something like that maybe. I have. Doesn't work. Trying to force something to happen. And there are so many self-help books and whatever about here's how to whip your life into shape and show it who's boss. Well, you know what? You're not the boss. You're not. And the more you try to be, the less room you have in your life for who ought to be in charge. And that's why that doesn't work either. Waiting doesn't work and forcing doesn't work. Can you imagine if you went to the doctor and the doctor said, well, you know what? You need to get in shape and and lose a few pounds, you know, as doctors do sometimes. And you say, great, you know what? I'm going to do that. And you take the waiting approach and you say, well, you know what? The weather's not really nice to get out today. I'm waiting for kale to go on sale. I pick on kale a lot because it's, it's awful. Um, I'm waiting for that thing to happen. I'm waiting for, oh, you know what? I'll do it tomorrow. The couch is nice today. I got to get the right shoes. You can't lose weight without the right shoes. I got to wait for the right shoes to happen in my life. And if you are a waiting person, if you're in the waiting state of mind, you will wait forever and nothing will change. But the forcing doesn't work either. You can't also go, I'm running a marathon tomorrow. I have the number of a good orthopedic surgeon. I'm going to do this right now. And in fact, I bought the protein shakes and the protein shakes are great. You put the chocolate stuff in there, the powder, and also maybe a scoop of ice cream and uh, some other stuff. Well, that doesn't work because you have to get rid of something to change something before you put something new in. You can't force from the outside until you deal with what's on the inside. The universe only works from inside out out. Ask yourself, in what direction am I building this? Am I starting like the universe does, or am I starting like ego does? Am I doing it the way that works, or am I doing it the way that breaks? And that applies to diet. It applies to love. I can wait around forever for that person. Well, they don't know you even exist yet. 
or I can make them love me. If I just show up at their doorstep with flowers every day, they will contact the authorities. Waiting doesn't work. Forcing doesn't work. If change is going to happen, it's got to happen in a different kind of way. Am I building like the universe builds? Imagine that Big Bang idea, that moment of infinite density and infinite heat and infinite light when something is so full that something has to happen. That's how it all works. May that be a metaphor for your life too because that's how it's already happening and that's the catch. The great thing about these Beatitudes, you could even say that about the commandments too, the great thing about these is you're already doing it. You already know what it's like to have something that you need to forgive and heal. Of course you do. You already know what it's like to admit that there's some room in your life for growth. Of course you do. You already know what it's like when you have to let somebody go and let them grow according to their stuff. Of course you do. And just like we said at the top of all of this, you know what it's like to hunger and thirst for something. Man, you know what that's like. You're already doing this. The trick is to know it. The trick is to agree with it. So often the whole trick is just to agree with God to say, okay, instead of my way. That's the thing. You're already doing it. You remember maybe uh, somebody teaching you to drive, let's say, when you were a teenager, and they said, you better watch the road. And you go, I am watching the road. Gosh. Sorry for the strong language. You know the teenage frustration of somebody telling you to do something you already think you're doing? stinks, right? Well, guess what? You're already doing these beatitudes in one way or another. I propose that a big hunk of the frustrations we feel is the frustration of trying to do something that you're already naturally doing. And that short circuit is the cause of so much strain and stress. Instead of trying to get something, instead of trying to obtain something, instead of trying to force something, instead of trying to wait for something, because all of that has duality, dualism, otherness at the core. There's me and this thing I'm waiting for. There's me and this thing I'm forcing. And if you come from a place of emptiness and lack, you are only ever going to get more emptiness and lack. Instead of trying to do it that way, What if you try something different? I mean, when I say a word like righteousness, that is a religiously charged word. Maybe you have a vision of John Lithgow and Footloose, Jimmy Swaggart, something, I don't know. There's this pressure to do things right that people get a lot. And it's challenging. How do I know what's right to do? How do I know what's right to do? And maybe I should wait until somebody tells me. Maybe I should wait until I get validation. And there we are back again. So let me break this down. That ain't how right works. So often people think that that they'll know exactly the right thing to do at the right time. And you watch stories of people who invented a computer or started a thing or created a revolution or did something and you look at their life and it just seems like, of course, they knew exactly what to do at each and every juncture. But you know as well as I do that that's not how life works. Think back about your life. There are times in your life where you just did the right thing, man, just Home run, and everything worked out. That's what home runs sound like. Everything worked out. But you know as well as I do that in that moment, there were a lot of other things you could have done. 
And most of the time, you weren't sure. You just did the thing and it worked out. Isn't that great? When you look back at your life, at incredible heartache, when everything broke, when the wheels fell off, when the whole thing just caught fire, you know? And yet, here you are, and it turns out that was just what you needed to grow and to be who you are now. And who you are now is something pretty wonderful. You didn't know it then. So here's what I'm trying to say. The idea that right is something that comes from outside, that there's some kind of proof that you can receive before you do the next thing is ridiculous because proof only happens in the past. When you look back at your life, you can connect the dots and go, yep, that's how it needed to go. But you can't do that looking into the future. I'm going to propose to you that that's not how this works, that external validation is not going to get you where you want to go, that no sanction from outside of you can tell you who you are. So instead of building from your emptiness and lack, your waiting and your forcing, what if, what if you start from your fullness? What if you start from your fullness? This is something to think about. If you're writing stuff down, this is the thing to write down, everybody playing at home. Start from your fullness. Here's what I mean. There is a part of you where you feel full. There is a part of you where you know that there's a thing that you do, a thing you think about, a thing you sing about, a thing you cook, a thing that you participate in, some part of you that when you do it, you feel not empty, but full. What if you start there? There is a reason that we hear the phrase, my cup runneth over, and it makes us happy. Because that's how the universe starts, with infinite density and then explosive radiating growth. Start from your fullness. Stop trying to make something happen, but instead think about the things that make you feel full. Doesn't matter if they're big or small. Doesn't matter if they're silly or monumental. What makes you full? Because that's where God is reaching in. And that's how righteousness works. That's what it is. People say, I don't like that word righteousness because it makes me think of judgment. It makes me think of negative things. It feels like a, a divisive word, a challenging word, and all of that. I don't like it. All right, I get it. You know, judgment isn't all bad because there are times in your life when you've got to make a call. Who else but you is going to get to decide what's healthy and what's not healthy? What's a loving thing to do and what's not? Judgment isn't all bad. And similarly, if righteousness, like I said at the beginning of all this, is a call to action, well, man, oh, man, you've got to do stuff. I'm so sick of people in the name of spirituality saying, well, I'm just not going to do anything. I'm just going to be a leaf on the wind. Great, Forrest. But in the meantime, some stuff has got to be done. We've got some cleaning up to do. We've got a life to live. And you are called to action. So maybe we don't throw out the baby with the bathwater. Maybe instead we look at what the word actually means. The word righteousness comes from the old English, the dialect, not the drink. The word righteousness simply means in the right manner. In other words, it just means doing it right. Right useness. That's the way to remember it. It's a little bit corny, but I love it. Righteousness. Just think right use 
correctness. I want to use it right. And not right according to what other people say. We've already talked about that. It doesn't work. Right according to what's in your heart. Right according to what you know. Right according to the love you have. In other words, blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness has to do with the idea that you're doing it when you want to use what God gives you in loving ways. Blessed are you. In other words, your life's going to work. You're behaving according to how you were made. You're following your program, so to speak. If you seek to use what God gave you in loving ways, that's it. You know the best way to show your gratitude for a gift you've been given is to use the gift. That's all we're talking about. So here's Jesus going, okay, we talked about how you feel and we've talked about how you ought to think about yourself. Now go do something about it. That's the thing. Go use it right. Go use what God has given you in loving ways. Because God's given you something. I don't know what. That's between you and God. But God has given you something, otherwise you wouldn't exist. That's just how all of this works. And I need you to hear that. It's kind of a big deal. Because one of the things that a lot of people wrestle with a lot is what they call imposter syndrome. You ever heard of imposter syndrome? You know what that is? It sounds contagious, and I, I guess it kind of is. But I was having coffee with a friend of mine the other day, and we were actually talking about it because it comes up a lot for a lot of people. Imposter syndrome, just in case you don't know, is the idea that you don't really belong where you are, that it's just too good to be true, that the, the wife and kids, that the family, that the job, you don't deserve this because you're not really who people think you are. I am an imposter. And sooner or later, security will come and go, uh, Mr. Randolph, there's been a mistake. We've got to sell for you. <laughs> or whatever. And in one way or another, it turns out that almost everybody, maybe everybody, Almost everybody, maybe everybody, has wrestled with imposter syndrome at one time or another in their lives. For some people, it's a daily consideration where they think at some point somebody's going to come along and go, you don't uh, deserve this. But remember, the universe builds from inside out. And so if you can't be okay with who you are and where you are, it's going to be hard to do anything else. So we got to deal with that. Related to the imposter syndrome idea is the idea of earning. People think they've got to earn their lives. And you see it in all kinds of different ways. People go, you know what? I cannot sit down with my family until I know that there are no dirty dishes. I've got to do those dishes. Okay, I'm all in favor of a clean sink too, but man, oh man, there's always going to be more dishes. That moment you have with the person you love is one in a million. And I'm not just saying that because I don't like doing the dishes, honey. There are people who say, you know, I can't, I can't talk to you unless I really have a lot of things to complain about because, you see, they're earning their right to exist because they're telling you how hard and bad everything is. See, I fought to be here. I deserve to be part of this conversation because look at how bad everything is. That's another flavor of earning, and it is exhausting if you've ever been around somebody that never has anything good to say, who's always got a reason why that thing isn't as good as you think it is. They're trying to earn it, and so you can be mad at them if you want, but maybe it would be more healing to go, I understand they're doing it because they think they have to earn their right to be in this conversation. Maybe I can show them that I love them in a different kind of way. Now, it's not your job to fix them, but maybe to see it differently might be a, a healing thing. 
There are so many people that try to earn things in so many different ways. But once again, ask yourself, do I start from one to many? Do I start with my unity or am I building from a place of duality and lack? If I start from duality and lack, I will never get where I want to go. And I was in a coffee shop with my friend the other day and we were talking about all of this. And it just sort of came to me. It just hit me. Every once in a while I get these. And it was as though the words were written just hanging in space in big letters. And I was just drinking coffee, just to be clear. It said three words. These are words I want you to have too. And I had to share them with my friend and I'm sharing them with you. The words are, there's no earning. There's no earning. It doesn't work that way. There's no earning. You are already a child of God. How are you going to make that happen? It already is. Boys and girls, I want you to know with me that the grace of God is unearned, not because you're no good, but rather the grace of God is unearned because it doesn't work that way. It's also the case that you don't earn gravity. You don't earn light. You don't earn physics or mathematics. You don't earn music or love. It just is. God is already happening. You don't earn God. So maybe we need to get over that idea and start being who we are instead of trying to get where we already are. There's no earning. Can you and I agree for just a moment that God's in charge? kind of important, kind of table stakes around here at church. If God's in charge, then the idea that I've got to earn my place kind of means I don't think God is paying attention. I've got to prove something to God. Don't you think God knows? I mean, it's God. Wherever you happen to be, God put you there by right of consciousness, by right of faith, because it's where you need to be in order to grow. I'm not asking you to put up with hurt, but I am asking you to honor your place in this moment so that you can grow to an even better place and you can make this place a better one. Let me put that another way. You can't change anything if you're so busy being in denial about the fact that you're supposed to be there. There is no earning God is already happening. Stop trying to earn God and start trying to be who you have always been meant to be because who you are is beautiful. Start from that one point where you can be okay with that. I know it's not everything. Everybody looks in the mirror and they see stuff. I get it. But there's something. What's that something? For any of this to work, you have to have what I call a quantum of self-esteem, a little moment, this thing, this little place where you can agree with God, where it's okay with you that things are okay. And like I said, maybe it's not every area of your life, but there's some little point. Because, like, like I said before about getting in shape, if you don't think, <clears throat> if you don't think you're worth health, well, then you're not going to get up and go to the gym. If you don't think you're worth love, you're never going to pick up that phone and call that person. doesn't matter how great they are, how accommodating they are. It doesn't matter how cheap the gym membership is. It doesn't matter how easy the stuff is. If you don't have that little moment of agreement with God, that quantum of self-esteem, whatever you want to call it, that mustard seed of faith, you can't go anywhere. This is why Jesus said some of these things, I think. 
The idea that the kingdom of heaven, your relationship with God is like that mustard seed. It's like that little bit of yeast that if you leave it alone and you trust it, it will grow to expand the whole universe. Everything starts from inside out. So what's that one point for you? What's the one thing that fills you up? You want healing? Start with your fullness. What makes you feel full? Start there. And you will discover that it grows. And you will discover that it changes. And you will discover that you inspire other people as well. And that's kind of what it's all about. You see, we're all in this together, right? There's that word, inspire. And people say... I don't know how inspiration works. I mean, I've seen Richard Simmons, but I don't know how it works in my life. I don't know how all of this works. I don't know how to inspire somebody else. I don't know how God works in me. I don't, I don't see God happening. How, what is this? I'll show you. You ready? Take a breath. Take a breath. Next time you feel like you need it, <laughs> Take a breath and think about all of the times when something has been so amazing that you drew in breath, when something has been so challenging that you drew in breath, when something is so beautiful that that's all you got is the ability to breathe. That's God happening. And I say that because you and I each and every moment, hopefully many, 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 many times a day are relying on something that we cannot see in order to exist. That's God. The word inspire comes from the root. It means to breathe, to breathe in. God breathed life into Adam at the beginning of all of this. The breath of God breathed across the water and made something happen. Jesus breathed on the disciples and said, receive the Holy Spirit. It's that breath, that power. He compared the kingdom of God to the air that you can't see, but that you feel and that you need. We're trying to tell you God is happening even if you can't see God. You see the effects, you need it to live. But we're Floridians. We know about the effects of wind. (laughs) You can't see it. But you see the trees blowing down. You see the power lines when the hurricane comes. You see the path of it. You turn on the weather channel and there's Jim Cantore getting blown all around. You see it happening. But you don't ever see the wind. You see the effects. As it turns out, each and every person, each and every moment, each and every feeling, each and every moment where we connect with something bigger than ourselves, that is the path of the storm. That is the effect of God happening. All you've got to do is say, I get it and breathe it in. All you've got to do is this little moment of agreement. Learn how to say thank you, God, for the effects are everywhere. But let me ask you this. Just like you can see the effects of a storm, can people look at your life and see the effects of you? Can people look at your life and know that you are there, or are you just there to pay taxes and watch sitcoms? Can people see the track of the wind and the force of the glory of God moving through your life? Do you leave a trail? Because that's what you were called to do. And people say, I don't know how that works. I'm not, I'm not anybody. Well, you're somebody. God made you. That's good enough. Jesus started by trying to work on that little nugget of self-esteem, that little moment of agreement with God by saying, you're the salt and the light. 
you're a child of God. The works I do, you shall do also in greater works than these. Think of all of the things that have happened, all of the breakthroughs and revolutions and curing of diseases and falling in love and all of the moments when we said no more to oppression in one way or the other. And we're just getting started. All of those things are God happening. Can you feel the wind? Because the storm is picking up. It's picking up when you and I decide to stop waiting and to stop trying to force it. The storm is picking up when you and I decide that love is worth it. The storm is picking up. You already know what it is to be hungry and thirsty for righteousness. All you got to do is do something. All you got to do is do something. The wind is blowing. It's time to set sail. It's time to be free. Because after all, freedom is a choice. Thank you. Hey, this is Dieter Randolph, and I just want to thank you for taking the time to listen to the lesson and hopefully for taking some time to apply what we talked about in your life. That's where this really happens. I love the idea that church isn't something that happens to you, but rather something that happens through you. What you do, based on what you've heard, can change your life and really change the world. This is just the beginning of a bigger journey. And if you want to continue your journey with us, I'd love for you to like and subscribe us on YouTube where you can watch the videos. Come join us in person. Our street address and all kinds of information is at our website, waterandstonechurch.com. All of that sort of thing. If you want to give electronically, that's where to do it. If you want to connect with us on social media, and you really should do that there, waterandstonechurch.com. Thank you for being a part of this work.